In the name of Jesus, amen. Have you ever found yourself in a situation thinking this? Uh, I don't belong here. Uh, Maybe you thought it to yourself. Maybe you even said it out loud. But have you ever experienced that? You're somewhere and you just look around and and it doesn't feel right. And you think to yourself, I don't belong here. Uh, let Let me give you an example or two. Maybe it's at a restaurant. And you've ordered your food, you've been seated, and you're sitting there having picked out what you'll eat, and you begin to look around you, and you realize that everyone else in the restaurant is wearing a suit and tie or some sort of fancy dress, and you're there in your torn-up jeans or khaki shorts and a t-shirt, and it hits you. You do not belong here. And then you see the prices on the menu, and you really know you do not belong here. Or, or maybe it's actually just the opposite that you've gone out for a special occasion and you're the one who is all dressed up and you have on your suit, your tie, your your fancy dress and you're celebrating a birthday, a graduation, maybe it's a first date and uh, you've made reservations at one of your favorite places but you have some time to kill and so you decide to go somewhere else first, maybe grab a drink and you walk in the establishment and it is full of, of underage college kids. And they're there to have a different kind of good time than the one you're there to have. And everyone's a good 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years younger than you. And it hits you. You do not belong here. Maybe you've experienced this. I, I had a profound sense of this uh, just a few days after my wedding. Uh, my wife and I got married and we had a home that we were going to be moving into. It wasn't quite ready for a week or so, though. And so we had some temporary housing to bide the time until we could move into that home. But that temporary housing fell through. And so two days after our wedding, I was calling mom and dad, asking if we could stay in their house. And I had this profound sense as I lay there with my wife by my side in my older brother's old bedroom, looking up at the ceiling with all of his posters on the wall. I had this feeling, I do not belong here. Uh, A week ago, I did. A week ago, that was still home. But now, as a married man, it just didn't feel right. I didn't belong. Uh, Maybe you know that feeling. And if you do, what the Bible says, actually, is that you should not be surprised. It's actually the, the, the scripture's suggestion that, that we will feel that way quite often. Uh, living in this world that we all live in, what the Bible says is that this is not our home and that there might be, maybe even should be, a feeling of restlessness and uneasiness as we live in this world. And so there are a number of scriptural passages that touch on this. Uh, here's just one from the book of First Peter where the apostle says, Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires. Peter says that we are foreigners living in this world here. We're, it's like we're living in exile in a, a foreign place that's not our home. It, it ought to feel off. Or, uh, here's another passage, though, from the book of Hebrews, uh, where the author says, speaking of the Old Testament heroes of the faith, they did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. There's that idea. Once again, we don't belong here. Things should feel a little off to us. Or here's a passage from Philippians where Paul writes, but our citizenship is in heaven. We're not citizens of this world. We belong to a different kingdom. Or or Jesus himself says in, in the Gospel of John, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. 
For if you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world. But I have chosen you out of the world. Jesus says, you don't belong here. Things should feel a little off. You should feel a little restless, a little easy. This is not your home. You don't belong. And, and to me, what these passages remind me of is that this is nothing new. Uh, this has been an issue for God's people for at least 2,000 years when those passages were written, but it actually goes back farther than that. So if, if you remember the, the story of ancient Israel, uh, you, you know how it goes. God had started a family with Abraham through a promise, uh, a family that would be born of faith. And that family was eventually brought into the promised land where they lived in that place flowing with milk and honey for many hundreds of years. But after many more hundreds of years and many generations of sin and rejection and rebellion by God's people, God finally lets the people of Israel living in their home in the promised land, he lets them face the consequences of their sin. And, and so Israel, living in the promised land, will face a series of foreign armies who come in and cause trouble. And, and the last one of those foreign armies comes from the kingdom of Babylon. And they come into Israel, and they conquer it, they tear down the temple, and then if you can make out the arrow, they bring the people from Israel all the way across the desert to that very far away place called Babylon. And in it's in Babylon that the people are living when God speaks the, the words that we heard earlier from Isaiah 40. In Isaiah 40, God is speaking to a people who are strangers and foreigners, exiles, living in that faraway land, right? That the people who have been taken from their home and brought to this place, they look around them, the Israelites do, in Babylon, and, and they see people who look different than them. They hear people who sound different than them. Uh, they experience people with different values from them. Right? They would have had that sense of unease and restlessness. They were not accepted. They were not free. They were not at home. They did not belong there. Uh, but it was to those people living in that faraway place as foreigners, strangers, and exiles that in Isaiah today, we heard God make the most beautiful promises to. Uh, the words that we heard today, writing, written to those people in exile, it was not more condemnation for them. It was not as though God was piling on the judgment. Instead, what we heard in Isaiah 40 were some beautiful promises. Uh, let me read them for you again. You heard these words earlier. I'll start at verse 3. If I could summarize what God is, is saying to his people, though, in a sense, I, I think God is saying, come back home. <laughs> come back to where you belong. Welcome home. God is saying. But listen to these words. God says, A voice of one calling, In the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. And every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all people will see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. What God is, is saying in these passages, again, is, is come on back home. He wants his people to be back where they belong. He wants to take them from Babylon and bring them back to the land of, of Israel because that's where they belong. That was home for them. And, and so to get them there from Babylon back to Israel, right, he's going to have to make this highway through the desert and he'll have to, to even out the rugged places. He'll have to raise up the low valleys and bring down the high mountains. But he wants to bring them safely back to where they belonged, back, back home. 
when I read Isaiah, this is just a personal reflection, so t- take it for what you will. When I read I- Isaiah 40, I can't help but think of I-55, uh, the highway that goes from Chicago to uh, St. Louis. And I say that because I have driven that highway many hundreds of times uh, as I was traveling back and forth between home and school, uh, the seminary there in St. Louis. And uh, I loved St. Louis. I I came to really appreciate it. It is a great city, and I loved my time there and my studies there and my professors and friends there. But St. Louis was never quite home for me. I loved it. Uh, I have fond memories of it, but it wasn't quite home. And so every time when I was in St. Louis and it was a weekend or some sort of quarter break, and, and every time I got in my car and started to make my way on that highway, I, on I-55, uh, it was an amazing feeling of being brought back to where I belong. And if you've ever driven on I-55 through the heartland of Illinois there, right, you know that it is as flat and straight <laughs> and narrow as can be. And that road was bringing me right back to where I belong. And that's what God was promising to his people, Israel. He was promising that they would get to come back home. But you see, what God was also promising in that passage was more than just a home that they could point to on a map. That the home that God was promising in Isaiah 40 was so much greater than that. What God is promising to them and to us was a home that was found in a person, in Jesus What Isaiah 40 reminds us of is that our true home is found in Christ. And and the way to that home is only through faith. That's the desert highway leading us to to the home of Jesus Christ, to to the rest and the peace that we find in Jesus, to, to that feeling of acceptance that we find in him. No more condemnation, no more judgment. Faith is the way to our home in Jesus where we find joy and forgiveness and amazing love. Because that's what home is all about, isn't it? <laughs> home, I think most of us would agree, is, is so much more than just that building where we lay our heads at the end of the night, right? Home is, is where you rest. Home is where you are completely at peace. You have nothing to worry about. The, the feeling of, of home is a feeling of joy. It's where you can be yourself because you know you're not judged. You're accepted for who you are, right? Uh, uh, home is, is where your past mistakes are, are forgotten or at least forgiven, <laughs> And that home, that home that so many of us are looking for, that's found in Jesus. All of that is there in him. And and you don't have to go looking for it, right? Wherever Jesus is, there is our home. And so it's kind of crazy to me uh, how much we, myself included, try to create a sense of home for ourselves when we already have it. (laughs) And, And we do that all year long, but I think we could all agree that this is going on in overdrive this time of year, right? We're putting up the tree. We're lighting the fire. We're hanging the lights. We're decorating our homes. We're baking cookies to fill our houses with all of those wonderful smells. We're inviting over the family, right, to try to capture all of those feelings of home, to to try to get a little bit more peace in our lives. Maybe we're trying to cover up the pain with the lights and the trees. Maybe we're just praying that our family can get along for long enough to make us feel a little bit at home. And there's nothing wrong with any of that. I'm doing all of it too, just like you. We put up our lights outside on Thursday. We bought our tree yesterday. But the problem comes when when we think that we can create or conjure or manufacture home rather than simply finding it in Jesus. 
Because th- the truth is, all of those things are quickly going to go away. The lights will have to come down, and the tree will go away, and the cookies will be eaten, and the family, for as long as they play nice around the holidays, right, the arguments, uh, they'll come bubbling back up to the surface. As long as we try to find home in a place or in a season, right, we'll be, we will totally be missing out. But when we find our home in a person, in the person of Jesus Christ, then we have home forever. <laughs> then we have a home that will last. And so what that means for us as 21st century Christians is, is that we don't have to move. <laughs> uh, God says that this world is not our home, but we don't have to escape it. We don't have to run away. God doesn't say all of us need to move together to some commune or monastery somewhere, right, to escape the world in some sort of self-imposed exile to create a home for ourselves. No, we carry home with us in our hearts every day of our lives. So what that means is that we continue to live in this world God has placed us, and we continue to love the world in which he has put us, and we continue to love the people in this world that he has placed us, and we continue to share to them and, and invite them into our home. We continue to invite them into the love and the peace and the hope and the acceptance and the joy and the forgiveness of Jesus. Because we know where our home is and it's wherever Jesus is. In his name, amen.